Welcome to the Geek Teak Podcast, where our lives are full of games. I'm Void, and I'm here with my co-host, Beige. Bleep, 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 bleep. <laughs> Today Those we're doing another uh, episode about games of our lives, which we've done this before, but it's kind of like diving into certain time periods in our lives, and like sometimes you just get a sense memory for what you were doing at the time, and because we've been playing games our whole lives, we have some sense memories of around, like, I remember exactly where I was, where I was, what I was doing when I was playing this game. And yep. the last time we talked about it, it was like our childhood kind of side of things, kind of up through high school. So we never did like college and beyond. And that's what we wanted to circle back to today and kind of like finish out the second half of it. I'm sure there will be more in the future, but um, kind of like college through, you know, approximately now, sometime in the last couple of years. It's kind of like music for a lot of other people where you hear a song and it, it attaches to you. And then you see just small things that will remind you of it and you kind of get taken right back there. And for me, it's getting snapshots of individual levels or situations I've been in that that are just stuck right there. Like if somebody mentions college, I automatically think of like this one part of like Halo 1 or something like that, that I don't even think of the whole game. It's like this one small like screenshot that encapsulates everything for me in my mind. Well, yeah. Okay. So let's get into it. So you went to college before me. You and I are about four years separated here, which is always kind of interesting. So what were you? playing in college so uh, halo one is actually the first one that came to mind like somebody mentions college and i think about the because i went to college from uh dropped out in 2001 went back in the spring of 2002 and graduated in the spring of 2006 so i uh think automatically of halo one the very first halo my friend has the casey was the one with an xbox and we had four player split screen halo death matches and when i think of halo it is straight up just a screen just a picture in my mind of a pit the halo pistol um and being in uh i can't even remember the name of the arena that we played in all the time but the pistol is what i think of for halo more than anything else because of uh, being in college and all of us playing that and my friend luke being so good with the pistol interesting so that's like your main college gaming memory yeah like like memory like that uh probably the other biggest one i've uh, had was uh silent hill 3 my friend i know i've told the story so i won't won't linger on it but my friend bob went through like all of the difficulties easy normal uh if there was one above that uh that wasn't hard, hard, extreme, and then up to extreme 10. And we sat and watched him. And eventually he got to the point where he wouldn't save as he got up to like extreme 10. And we, uh, and so we sat there and were totally invested in him not making any mistakes or else our night was ruined by watching him do it and get so mad. So Silent Hill 3 also has one of those. Uh, just It's really, really special to me to think about because I got so invested in knowing every little part of that game to help bob get through all of the extreme all of the extreme difficulties that's super interesting yeah like i don't know if i had a game that i did a deep dive like that on especially in college but it's cool that you did and it was with like a group of people yeah and that's a lot of my my gaming during that period was either online or group gaming like i played ultima online a bunch and going to college was the first time that i got to play that game on a broadband connection rather than a dial-up connection and you needed a ping of under 100 milliseconds to be able to really compete in pvp and so we were on dial-up so we generally had about a uh, 300 to 700 ping and we still we 
got to the point where we knew how to manipulate that and got really, really good at PvP and playing that game and made names for ourselves. So you put all of us who are used to having a handicap on a on on a broadband connection finally, where we have like a twenty ping, and uh, we started destroying people in PvP, and uh, it was it was just an amazing, amazing uh, feeling at that point playing that and uh, getting into the beta of Star Wars Galaxies and having the community around there being a part of uh, the Stratix community uh, before it came out. Uh, it was when I played Final Fantasy XI with my friends and we realized what a terrible MMO it was and how we couldn't get uh, get anywhere in it. And uh, then World of Warcraft came out in uh, 2004 and it was it that was pretty much the rest of it. Like there were... <laughs> Like we had land parties. It was the only time in my my life I ever had land parties, but it was for World of Warcraft. Like people would just bring their computers over, and we would hook up in my computer room. And so there would be like five to eight of us hooked up on laptops and computers on tables, just in the same room playing WoW. Not even raiding because it was too new. Like we weren't raiders at that point, just playing and doing dungeons and doing our own thing, but just together. Like World of Warcraft really was a uh, a community based game for me not even online community just all of us in person playing it together that's interesting yeah i mean the only time that i really did land parties was in high school so it's probably the same years that you were doing it i was just still in high school and you were in college and yeah. if for us it was more like uh warcraft 3 and a lot of warcraft 3 mods and some starcraft and a lot of like counter-strike like that kind of game Right, so the actual LAN parties where you're actually connecting over the local area network to play oh, yeah. rather than just getting it in, because mine was in spirit. Like, we were still connecting over the internet, but uh, didn't actually do the, I would call it LAN parties because it was uh, the same idea, but not actually technically there. Yeah, so I mean, by the time that I got to college, so again, a couple years later, it probably picks up like right where you left off, and... For me, like I have a couple games that stick out. Oh, it's almost year by year. So like Tiger Woods PGA Tour, and I think it must have been like 2005 or 2006 edition of the Tiger Woods PGA Tour. Um, that was like the year that I was in the dorms, and I played that with my roommate, who's one of my best friends, and we just played that for like hours and hours every night, like before we went to bed, just because we had nice. nothing to do when we were freshmen in the dorms. Um, and then like Final Fantasy uh, 12 was yep. one of the first years that I had a house off campus. I remember just like playing that in my my dorm room on like nights where I was there because I would go home every weekend to go work um, because I had I wasn't that far from home and I liked working so um, I'd get out of there so it was like weeknights like school nights is what I remember like playing that um, in my room that probably wasn't actually a legal room because there were too many of us in that house but hey we made it work like that room mm. is where I played that game yep. and then um, Mario Kart DS and this is one where I played this and then my girlfriend at the time started playing it, who's now my wife. And then I bought her a DS so we could both have a copy of it and play it together. So this is probably like one of the first games that my wife and I played together while we were dating, like very early on when we were dating. That's really fantastic that 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 happened. Like Jennifer had never played games. Had had she played games before you did that and she had the you bought her the DS? A little bit, but not not a ton. You know, like some N64 stuff and that was kind of it and I don't she was never a huge gamer and she still isn't, but there's the occasional game that she'll get into and that was one of those games that she just latched onto and we played it a bunch together when we were in college. So that was super fun. 
Yeah, it would be. I mean, that's kind of the way that it worked with me and Jennifer with Mario Kart, except ours wasn't on the DS. She didn't grow up with video games at all. Like her parents really actually didn't like video games and wouldn't let them have any kind of console. So her friends had played Mario Kart. They never taught her how. Like she would always get really frustrated when they would do the uh, like Double Dash or N64 or anything uh, so that she wouldn't know what to do and they wouldn't take the time to actually explain it. She she didn't even understand like the buttons like she'd never really played before I'm like yeah you do this you do this you do this you do this and that this button does that and she's just sitting looking at the like 64 controller getting frustrated and angry and just never played i took the time to teach her how to do it but it was on the wii no actually it was with uh double dash first and we uh we started playing that together so it was kind of the same thing and that got her interested and she actually i had two ds's and while i I didn't have mario kart for them and i couldn't afford to get another two copies because i'd lost my my main one uh like she was playing uh she borrowed my castlevania order of ecclesia to play on it that she uh she really really liked it and really wanted to get into games and play stuff like that around that same that same time it was about 2008 uh for for us when we first got together yeah so like those are kind of my primary ones for college that stick out but then the undercurrent to all of college and then into like right after college it was like guitar hero like oh that yeah. was the college game at the time when i was there it was like guitar hero just came out and then i think my second year ish maybe my third year guitar hero 2 um but by the time i was like finishing up college or like right after college it was like rock band right so it's kind yeah. of that era and I just remember that as like an undercurrent, like all the time, you know, I guess kind of along with that, there was like Wii sports, like we used to do Wii bowling a lot in the first house that I was in. So that was one that kind of carried over multiple years of college that all kind of blend together where I don't have as specific of like sense memories of them as I do of the other ones I called out, but they were just kind of always present during that time of my life with some kind of guitar hero or rock band. And then some kind of like Wii sports messing around with roommates, basically. There was a two-year period between me graduating college and and Jennifer and I starting to date. And one of the things you mentioned in Guitar Hero that reminded me is that we would play Guitar Hero 3 a ton at my house. Like, my friends would come over, and it was before Rock Band came out. Uh, that was when Guitar Hero was new. I got Guitar Hero 3 and the guitar for the 360 for Christmas. And so when people mention Guitar Hero, I have this just uh, idea in my head of the sun shining in my front door there, uh, me and one of my other friends playing with their guitar, uh, standing in my living room, uh, like trying to uh, beat each other in the two player that uh, you mentioned in Guitar Hero didn't even I didn't even think about that until because like 2007, maybe 2006, like right when we moved in. So, yeah, right around then. It's kind of interesting that we have some similar veins here between like the games and game styles and like what we were playing, even though we're a couple years off from each other. It's obvious that there's some similar DNA going on there. Yeah, and it was during that period, actually, during our notes, I put it in the wrong place because I went and looked up what time, what year it had been released, and it was the first Bioshock that I remember during that same period where you were in college, and it was between, it was while I was in graduate school, uh, but between uh, dating 
somebody else and uh, dating Jennifer, I remember going like I couldn't afford Bioshock and I'd heard good things about it. And I have this this memory of my 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 roommate going out of town, me having the entire weekend to myself, not doing anything at all. I actually went to Blockbuster Video uh, back when it actually existed. And you could go rent games. I rented the first Bioshock and sat all weekend long and beat the original Bioshock. And that's one of those memories that I have as well of just when somebody mentions that series, it's late at night, one lamp is on off to the right, me sitting cross-legged on my couch with a three si- white 360 controller in my hand, uh, playing this, uh, doing my best to save all of the little sisters. That uh, <laughs> No, I saved, I saved them in second, excuse me, trying to kill all of the little sisters. Uh, I saved them uh, in Bioshock 2, which my wife got me because I told her how much I enjoyed that. Cool. Yeah. I mean, one of my strongest like sense memories in here is um, kind of like the next section we want to talk about. So like moving in with your significant other and then marriage, because for me, like my wife and I, we moved in together like years before we got married and you didn't move in until right around the time you got married. Right. Yeah. Like right after we after we got married, we didn't move in. Uh, she did not move in until after we got back from our honeymoon. Uh, it was it's both a cultural thing uh, down here. It's not a big thing, but our families are uh, crazy. I'm just going to put crazy um, in in that way. And where uh, even if we had uh, had wanted to or been been able to uh, it and it logistically lined up, it would have caused way more family drama for us to have moved in together before we were married than uh, than it was worth. We had discussed it and it was like, yeah, we just can't. This is this is not worth the uh, the time of the the. This is not worth doing because of the family drama. Yeah. Such a different culture than most of the rest of the country. Um, and that was 10 years ago still. So it's not as though it's like in the 60s or something. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, and the thing is, like, nothing sticks out in my mind for, like, what I was playing around when I got married because the bigger step is moving in with each other, you know? And, yeah. like, that's one of those things that a lot of people I've talked to, like, whether they waited to move in until they got married or they got, like, moved in way ahead of time before they got married, like my wife and I did like we lived together for years like moving in together and adjusting to living with the other person that's the big adjustment after that getting married is like nothing I mean it's not nothing it counts for something but compared to like actually learning how to live with somebody like that's the hard part after you get over that then marriage is kind of just a piece of paper and like the government recognizing it um so I don't have anything from the marriage part that sticks out in my head but I do have like memories from right when we moved in together into our first apartment you know it's just like one bedroom apartment and um the one that's the strongest for me just because it's like associated with smells and you know how like smells you have a stronger memory associated with so we had this giant like love sack that we didn't have a couch yet because we literally had just moved in together and it had been in my basement for a while and it was fine but it was a little musty so we hit that thing with like so much febreze that whenever you sat in it for like a year all you could smell was febreze and so i just remember like smelling febreze and playing braid when braid originally came out oh, on probably yeah. like xbox live arcade like febreze and braid are now forever linked in my head no matter how hard i would like to unlink them it's just kind of the way that it is i understand that that uh that happens a lot with smell to me it's uh like i'll smell certain things like it's it's usually must stuff like that that's real musty that'll have that particular smell and it'll remind me of like mario 64 is one of them there's a particular kind of like 
room smell that my bedroom smelled like when I was 14. And uh, when I smell something like that, I think about uh, Bowser actually uh, on Mario 64 twirling him around. Like I'll smell things as the way it is. I know exactly what you mean. <laughs> yeah, so it was it was like Braid is the main one, and then the other one that I remember playing a lot of when I was like on that love sack, in, you know, in place of a couch before we actually got a couch, um, was Geometry Wars 2, or Geometry Wars Retro nice. Evolved 2, whatever the official name of that game is. I played a lot of that game. I could never get into that. It was one that I'd heard so many good things about. When I finally tried it, I just could not get into Geometry Wars. Yeah, I don't know what to say to that. It's a good game. Nope. I liked it yeah, a lot. It's a good it game. Fun. I recognize that it's a good game. It's just not my kind of game. I wanted to like it. Especially passive mode. That was the one where you never attack. You just kind of run away, but then you go through these gates that would explode and destroy other guys around you. That was that was like my jam for a while. I hmm. love that game. But so for you, moving in together in marriage was kind of the same time. So you have a bunch of games listed here. And I know that you've talked about like Mario Kart and playing that on your honeymoon is like one of the right. main things that you've talked about a bunch of times. But I'm kind of surprised by a couple of the other ones that you have listed. Yeah, like Mass Effect actually is uh, one that I remember a lot through here. It's uh, uh, no, because I never beat it. I never beat Mass Effect, but I was always going back to it. I don't remember if Jennifer got it for me as a gift. I don't remember if my parents got it for me as a gift. I remember sitting down all the time after we got married, trying to get through Mass Effect, getting frustrated with it for one reason or another, and then not beating it. And at the same time, it's that same, that era of of 360 games there that right near the end of the the system's life uh, where I didn't get Mass Effect 2 because of not having beaten the first one and keep trying, keep trying to go back. Um, and then I had Dragon Age Origins uh, that I never opened because I was trying to beat Mass Effect first and then my 360 uh, red ringed and I never got to play Dragon Quest uh, or Dragon Age Origins and it um, like I remember having to sell it and getting so sad about that like I have no memories of the actual game but I see it on my shelf when I think of the Xbox 360 in that time period where I was just like Mass Effect was so and I'm bad at it really obviously I, I was so bad at Mass Effect it was so hard for me that uh, I was during that time where I would not turn the difficulty down or re-roll a better class uh, where I just just it just hardwalled me after that um, and then it was also the uh, the period of my life where I played the most World of Warcraft uh, in terms of raiding than I ever was. Like it was during the time uh, where Jennifer uh, learned that World of Warcraft is not a game that I particularly enjoy. Um, it was uh, during our the early first couple of years of our marriage that uh, she actually helped me come to realize that I don't actually like World of Warcraft. Um, like honestly, that that it's not. Not always fun for me and uh, when I realize that it's not fun is when I need to stop playing it and take a break um, because we were raiding it was when my guild uh, had finally moved into actual heroic raiding which was uh, they've changed the names of it now but um, back when it was heroic and we we were going through and uh, all the time she would just hear me scream curse words and she would know that I died and uh, like she was like you know, I always hear you yelling this like you're angry. You come out in a bad mood. It's like you're working a second job, like you're spending like 20 hours a week on this. And it's not making you happy. You don't enjoy this. And I'm like, 
yeah, I don't really enjoy this right now. It's like, I'm not having a good time with this. And so I, uh, it kind of helped, she helped me realize my uh, dysfunctional relationship with WoW uh, because of how much I was raiding and how angry that it was making me, um, which was also a whole lot of stuff going on in our personal lives, which it turns out were uh, manifestations of, you know, the anxiety and uh, bipolar type two that uh, I have and uh, didn't know about at the time uh, that it was being triggered. But yeah, World of Warcraft is one of the biggest games of like marriage uh, during that early period that I can think of. And it's not necessarily a positive memory, but it's uh, uh, the one I remember is fighting Ragnaros uh, in in Cataclysm. Uh, That's why I think and it may not even be during that period. That may not even be during this time period where uh, I'm married. It's one of those where the game it's the the memory more than actually what was going on. I remember fire standing in it yelling uh, and what I think was Ragnaros and uh, my Jennifer uh, being like, honey, you are you're getting too upset about this like that. This can't be healthy. And I realized, no, it's not healthy. It's really (laughs) well, at least you realized it. It helped you get there, right? It did. It really did. And I mean, I logged into World of Warcraft like two days ago um, for the but it was not to play it like this. It was to see other content, play very casually, talk to people who were on, leave a message for Ken, uh, things like that. And that was what I did on it. Nothing, uh, nothing like I used to be when I play that game and other MMOs, too. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, And it kind of like gets us to like the next time period so i put having kids because i have a couple memories around that and then you put your nephew which is a good one so those will tie together um but for for me um the strongest memory i have is like my daughter right after she was born i was playing halo reach around that time and i can't remember if it came out right around then or if i had just been like getting into it or still playing the multiplayer but i have a bunch of memories of just like playing that game with like a newborn baby in my lap and mm. so that was like her first game, right? Was she wasn't aware of it. She doesn't remember it. But like that was the first game that like I played with her in my lap. So that was really cool. And then I was trying to think about like my son and like what I was playing around the time he was born. But the thing that they don't tell you about having multiple kids is that you are so sleep deprived when you have the second one or I'm assuming beyond that that you don't actually form <laughs> long term memories for like a while. So yeah i basically have no memories of i mean i remember like the key important moments of my son's life but you know the first nine months is kind of a blur like honestly my wife and i talked about this the other i don't know sometime in the last year we're like do we really remember like much of his first year and it's like no not really because we were not sleeping and we had two children under two years old and that's a lot that's a lot to deal with yeah, that is a lot to deal with. I honestly cannot imagine and have only heard stories. Yeah, basically. But you've been pl- you were playing games with your nephew too, right? Yeah, and it's like not not quite the same thing, but it's whenever I think of certain games that I really think of him. Like even just a, a couple of years ago with Lego The Incredibles, it was whenever I think about that game, Jennifer bought it and played through it, but it was one of the first games that I was ever able to just sit down on the couch and watch my nephew play. And it, it just brings that kind of feeling that that like, oh, man, this is going to be really good to uh, to share with him. And just he's been calling recently. Uh, just he's, he's nine years old now. And so he'll call recently and uh, talk to me about Cat Quest. Like he called me on the day Cat Quest 2 was released and uh, things like that and telling me what's going on and uh, how he's playing it. And uh, 
all that. But my favorite thing, my favorite memory that I have, uh, of, and this is for Pokemon last year of uh, Let's Go. We I got it for Christmas last year uh, on in just 2018, and uh, so like he's eight years old at the time, and I get it, and I brought my Switch because I knew that I was pro I, I knew I was gonna be getting it, and so I was gonna play it, and uh, I, I pull it up, I get on the love seat uh, that reclines, and he came over there and snuggled up against me while I was playing this to watch me play uh, Let's Go uh, Pikachu and then he wanted to play so I ended I saved it ended it gave it to him he named his Pikachu the same thing I did uh, he we both named our Pikachus Poop Sock and uh, so from then on like over the last year uh, whenever I think of Pokemon I think of just that I have that sense memory of Riley like wanting to be near me watch me play this and then loving me so much he named his uh his pikachu uh after mine like that and it's just one of those just warming memories where i understand uh those those kind of those moments that you have with with kids that you know you're going to remember it's like you realize it's special while it's going on it's like that's one of those for me that that's really centered around a video game that's like christmas time and pokemon and riley uh that's going to be one of those those games and memories that's always going to be special to me that's awesome that's really cool um but yeah i mean that kind of catches us up to approximately now not exactly now but far enough to like say okay we covered the rest of the games of our lives up to recently anyway um before we dive into some weekly geekery what do you have for geeky offer the week yeah, of course. Uh, we have Patreon. You can go to patreon.com slash geek to geekcast and support the podcast. You can get a Discord role, uh, have your name show up in purple, uh, talk with us, hang out. Uh, we're hoping to get some exclusive content on there very, very soon. Uh, we've just got to figure out how to do it and work it in. Uh, but it is you supporting us through Patreon uh, that lets us do all sorts of cool stuff and do this podcast. So we really appreciate your support in any way possible. That yeah. is patreon.com slash geek to geekcast Awesome. Um, around the network this week, uh, Geekitude with Joe Hogan and Ray Vargas. They were putting out something. I don't know what came out this week because it hasn't come out yet. Uh, Tea Time with Katie and Chelsea. They talked about Xenon Girl of the 21st Century, which, wow, that was a blast from the past of a movie. Um, Dragon Quest FM with you and Austin. You guys talked about the de best demo ever made. I'm assuming this was about Dragon Quest S? 9? Uh, yeah, 10, 11. 12, 11. Yep. Yes. I'm 11. Up to date yes. on Dragon we Quest. wish it were 12. You can tell. <laughs> Um, and sometimes Rob, they talked about getting a dog because they just got a dog. Troidal is streaming randomly in the mornings these days. And then Capsule J is streaming usually Tuesdays from 8 to 11 p.m. Eastern or sometimes on Sunday nights. Um, and then, of course, you can go to the Geekery and read about stuff from Austin. He's talking about his Dragon Quest quest, and he kind of picked it back up and did some stuff about horse racing and mini games in Dragon Quest or the 13th story. He's always writing about something game related and new. Um, and you can find all of that at geek2geekmedia.com or you can go to geek 2 geekmedia.com slash subscribe and get it delivered to you um so with that being said what have you been geeking out about this week uh well this week i've been playing luigi's mansion 3 a lot um i know you have that in your uh, geekery as well uh but my whole thing is that this might be the best co-op game i've ever played I adore this game. Jennifer and I are have been playing this. Like I talked about, uh, we had, well, we had talked about before earlier in this episode where I had Mario Kart on the Wii on my honeymoon. Um, and one of the things about it was that we, uh, 
forgot when we got into the uh, mountains, when we got into the cabin, that we didn't bring our nunchucks for the Wii. So uh, we didn't like the motion control. So we had to go out of the cabin and go buy two uh, nunchucks for the uh, Wii remotes. And it, we always joked around. It's like, man, we cannot do anything like that. We just had to go spend extra money. We tried to prep for it. This time we brought Luigi's Mansion and the Switch. I packed up the dock, everything to hook it up to the TV. And uh, I didn't bring an HDMI cable. And it turns out that I was like, oh, we're, the condo we're going to says it has uh, DVD players and stuff. It'll be fine. There's an HDMI cable there. There was not. So uh, we had to set up Luigi's Mansion and play it on the tiny screen like they do in the in the commercials, which is not ideal. And then we went and had to buy another uh, HDMI cable and uh, went at the store while we were out so we could hook it up to the TV over the weekend. Um, and so it's like 10 years apart. We bring a game to play on our uh, but either our wedding weekend our honeymoon or the 10 year anniversary trip and we still forget something where we can't play it effectively uh and apparently that's just us but we've had such a good time playing this um that like we now go around the house both of us just going mama ma, mario because it's so much fun uh when he does that like mario it's it's so fun just try mama ma, mario so fun um and it's like we i'm gooigi it's like it's simple and fun and not stressful uh well there've been like two stressful parts so far and i think you've uh, gotten to to one of the the single most stressful part of it um and it's like i play gooigi she plays luigi we've split it up back and forth a little bit uh but in when there has to be a mechanic that one or the other one of us would be better at um but generally i'm gooigi or as i put it last night Goobiji, huh? I get it. Uh, you, yeah, because I'm yeah, huh? Yeah, it's, that's me. That's, but but okay. it's fantastic. Um, yeah, I've been it's playing like, Luigi's Mansion three. Also, it's it was fun until I got to this one boss that I got stuck on, and it's rare for me to get all the way stuck on a boss. Um, I tried it for like an hour or two, and then I gave yep. up. And I think I'm never going back to the game. So you need to get a child to play co-op with you. And yeah. I say it like this because it's fun for me to say. Seriously, that is the only way we were able to beat it. I sent, you, I know I sent you a link or a screenshot of the strategy to do it solo. And there's no way that I would be able to do that. Like, actually, what you have to do with both of us playing it, it was a little frustrating and stressful. Like, it was having to get it done. But once you got it, uh, it's the boss of B2, you guys, just so that you guys know to prep yourselves that it's going to be frustrating when you get to uh, level B2. Um, it is the worst designed boss in a video game I've played in a very, very, very long time. And But within co-op, with one person being able to play Guiji up top and the other person being Luigi down on the bottom, made it doable. And we only took two attempts to do it that way to learn how. Yeah, I just, I don't know. It's rare to get this stuck on a boss, and it's like halfway through the game, and I started looking up strategies for it, and I was like, I'm doing all these things. I just can't do it. Um, it also, a bunch of people called it out as being the hardest single encounter in the entire game, like even compared to the end bosses and stuff. So it just yeah, feels like that. an oversight of game design, which is sad. I like the rest yeah, of it. Bad. I really like the rest of Luigi's Mansion 3 that I played, so... I don't know. I don't know how to recommend or not recommend that when one boss is kind of completely throwing me off. It is so 
out of character or well had a character i guess for the rest of the game around it that it just all of a sudden hits you with a brick wall yeah basically um so outside of luigi's mansion uh i played i got around to trying the marvel champions lcg that just came out from fantasy flight games so i walked my kids through around because they wanted to try it out and it reminds me of some of the things that i liked about the lord of the rings lcg um except it's like a single character instead of having like a multiple characters for each player that's Mm. playing and uh, you have two sides of your character which is cool too you have your alter ego and you have your superhero side so it behaves differently depending on which side it's on and we, you know, the theme really worked for me. The gameplay worked. Um, I play it with the kids, and I think it's just slightly too advanced for them. Like, uh, it was, they got it, but there's the difference between them getting a game and them, it, it being uh, simple enough that they don't even need that simple of a game. But it needs to be simple enough mm-hmm. that they can, like, stay focused on it. And so that's kind of, like, what I watch for is, like, how much do I have to remind them? hey take your turn or like okay what's next or what do you have to think about next you know and how much they start to like mentally drift from it so i think this one is a little bit beyond them um for another couple years but they had fun with it which was good Uh, but for now it'll probably either be like a single player game for me or more likely i'll just wait until like other adults are around that i can play with um Mm. but the game itself seems solid yeah i mean it sounds neat anything that uh fantasy flight does seems really interesting to me anyway and the marvel champions uh tabletop game not well i guess tabletop is the way to put it this is a tabletop game but the rpg seems really really awesome and well done too so i can only imagine that lcg is yeah so um the other thing that i finished off was my star wars rewatch which i started talking about last week so right where i left off was i had watched chronologically in story order um including solo and rogue one all the way through a new hope so i kind of picked up this week with empire strikes back and i watched the rest of it and i I still like it i still like star wars obviously um it's funny how often vader is just kind of a beleaguered construction project manager and i feel bad (laughs) for him like he's a you know, he's a middle manager too, which even that gets more of my sympathy because that's where I am at the moment. And, you know, he just, I feel his pain. I feel his pain. Poor Vader. Um, Empire Strikes Back is still a really good movie. Really, really good movie. It's right up there near the top of all of the Star Wars movies for me. Um, Return of the Jedi, I think every time I watch it, it's a little bit weaker in my mind. Like, it's okay. It caps off the original trilogy, but there's a whole tattooing sequence and it's just too long it's way longer than it needs to be it doesn't do a whole lot for what it accomplishes in that time and just feels kind of slow and then one of the other things that i noticed is that like and it's not a huge revelation people know this like music is such an important part of star wars right and the scores for these movies are really good but especially i was noticing it as i was going into the sequel trilogy because like ray's theme and ray's motif are just excellent they are amazing and they might be my favorite music in all of star wars and once i started noticing that and how it ties like ray's motif and her theme into like the force theme which is also luke's theme and like leia's theme is in there especially in the last jedi and i think the sequel trilogy has the best music out of all of the star wars movies they're just it's so so well done it is ray's theme is probably my favorite of anything they've done especially recently like duel of the fates is absolutely brilliant and i will i get i actually get chills and goosebumps when i listen to it uh all the way through like it's so good uh but ray's theme that motif that they have for for ray just it sounds so nice 
Uh, it is it is just it's just pleasant to hear and it makes me happy when I hear it. Yeah, I like it a lot. And I mean, the other thing is that I still like The Last Jedi a lot. And that didn't change at all with this rewatch. Um, you know, the interesting thing is that, well, one of the things I want to say is that just like all of the action sequences in the sequel trilogy so far are amazing because they're done with modern production values and they still feel like Star Wars. So they just work for me, like in a way that few action scenes and action movies do these days. But Star right. Wars absolutely functions like it, it works for me. Um, but yeah, I like The Last Jedi a lot. And I think that now, and this is surprising to me, my number one is still The Last Jedi. That part's not surprising. That's kind of what I thought would happen because that was where I left it off mentally. My number two Star Wars movie is now Rogue One. And I know that probably physically hurts you, but it's the truth. And I like that movie a lot, like a lot, a lot. I love The Last Jedi. I don't think it is. It has exactly what I love about Star Wars enough to be in the top, in the top slot. But I still really love it. Like it's... Even rewatching it recently, I realized that there are still things that happened during the uh, during the uh, two the part in the middle that is that is too long that uh, that were necessary for things to to move forward. Like it could have been done differently and better, but I still like that movie a lot. Like it's in the top half at the very least. Yeah. But Rogue One is not not where it is for you where compared to where it is for me. No, Rogue One is uh, dead last. Yeah, uh, I figured that might be what you said. Yeah. Um, yeah, but that's what I've been up to this week. And basically, you know, speaking of Star Wars, like I woke up early this morning and watched The Mandalorian, which not saying a lot about it or anything like we're doing an entire episode on the first two episodes of it next week to have a little bit more under our uh, under our belt. But you haven't seen it. And so I'm just so excited for you to watch it. Yeah, like, me too. I really want to cannot watch it. wait for you to see this movie or this show like it's knowing you. I can see so I just have so many things I want to say. Like basically I'm I really liked it and so I'm excited to see how you feel about certain things in the episode. Yeah, but next week we'll report back next week and we'll give some yep. impressions of Disney Plus in general, but mostly we want to talk about The Mandalorian next week. Yep, absolutely. And cool. uh Disney Plus so far today I did learn has the new DuckTales show on it, so I'm very happy about that. <laughs> That's good. Just just thoughts and geeky stuff I've been geeking out about. Got real excited that uh, that DuckTales was on there. Perfect. Uh, that's probably it for this week. You guys can write to us with comments, suggestions, or feedback. Our email address is geek2geekcast at gmail.com or reach us on Twitter at geek2geekcast. We also have longer discussion threads on our subreddit at reddit.com slash r slash geek2geekcast. We also have great discussions on Slack and Discord. You can go to geek2geekmedia.com for invite links. And while you're there, be sure to check out all the other content on the network. I blog at agreenmushroom.com, and you can find me at grnmushroom. That's green mushroom without the E's on Twitter. And I'm on Twitter as at Professor Beej. That's Beej with two E's. And you can listen to me talk even more on the Dragon Quest FM podcast. We've been Void and Beej with your Geek to Geek podcast. That'll do it for this week. See you next week, geeks. Bleep, bloop, bleep, bloop, bleep, bloop, video games. Hey Geeks, this is Capsule J. I'm a streamer on the Geek2Geek Media Network. If you like discovering new games and chatting with cool nerdy folks, be sure to check out my channel on Twitch. 
You can find it at twitch.tv slash capsulej. That's C-A-P-S-U-L-E-J-A-Y. I stream a blend of indies, retro games, and RPGs most Tuesday nights from 8 p.m. to 11 p.m. Eastern, and occasionally on Thursdays and weekends. Hope to see you then. Hi, my name is Joe Hogan, and I'm a geek. And if you're currently listening to this, there's a good chance you're a geek, too. So check out my podcast, Geektitude. Each week, I talk with somebody about their geek aptitude. Sometimes I talk to people in a geeky profession. Sometimes it's someone doing something really cool with their geekiness. Often it's another geeky podcaster. But it's always someone who wants to share their inner geek. So join me each week as we come together to geek out about all the geeky stuff we love. And remember, this week, keep it geek. Hello, friends. This is Troidal Power inviting you to join me over on Twitch most weeknights sometime after dinner. Video games have always been a social hobby for me, with friends and family crammed together on a couch chatting away while someone holds the controller. And thanks to the power of the internet, I've got my own virtual couch over on Twitch where you can kick back and goof off while I play games. Find me on Twitch by searching Troidal Power, that's T-R-O-Y-T-L-E Power, to snag a spot on the couch. Hello, I'm Katie. And I'm Chelsea. And together we are Tea Time with Katie and Chelsea, a podcast all about pop culture. We talk about books, movies, music, basically anything we want at this point. Yes, we obsess about K-pop. And Keanu Reeves. And sometimes Katie cries on the podcast. Hey, that's rude. But really, we are just here to talk about all the things that we love. So make sure to head over to teatimewithkc.com and geek2geekmedia.com to check us out. And don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe to our show wherever you download your podcasts. Bye. Bye.